This is Shane Warren. Make sure you plough on. Still plumbing, CC. Plough on, guys. It's too much. We didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, ball near bouncer. We spent for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Hello and welcome to the Thanks for Coming podcast. My name's Liam and Matt Bolshaw is not here today. Nor is Matt Spencer, friend of the show, um, who did volunteer to co-host this with me for the remainder of the season, but has been somewhat absent since he made that pledge. So, we needed a hero. We've got one for the second week running. Trent, friend of the show, welcome mate, how are you today? Thanks for coming and thanks for stepping in to co-host this one with me. Hi Liam, I'm really well, thanks for having me. Delighted to be back for uh, two weeks in a row now, could uh, easily get used to this, uh, although I don't think uh, Bush or Spence will let me um, keep their seat warm for too much longer. We'll have to see, yeah, we'll have to see about that. So, today... As we, as we like to do here on the Thanks For Coming podcast, we're going to run you through the weekend's games. We've got some fantasy updates for you. We've got uh, a little bit of any other business, which this week contains superstitions, contains obsessed by line and length. We've got Sledge of the Week for you. We've got Who Said It. And joining us to talk us through all of that are two very special guests. So, Trent, who have we got on the show today? We have Uma Iqbal and Matt Shagger Hopper joining us today. Welcome, gentlemen. Lovely to have you on the show. Thank you, mate. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be here. Thank you, gents. Really excited to be part of this. Excellent. Thanks for coming. How are you both doing? Really well, thank you. Just, uh, you know, casual day of work, run back home to join the podcast um, um, club. Brilliant. So, Shaga, we'll start with you, mate. Tell us, how did you uh, come across the Ploughman's Cricket Club? What brought you to the club? I saw a post on Aussies in London, that classic recruitment <laughs> method. So, I saw, so I, I came to London last year and I saw Spence put up quite a cute post. It was kind of like insane banter, like best beers in London, best tours of Europe, lots of emojis and flames. So, I thought it'd be a bit of fun to drop my name in and then... From then on, he really he really knows his audience. Hey, posting in Aussies <laughs> in London with all those flames and emojis, <laughs> hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he got me, and then I spent. Yeah. From then on, most of my Sundays bowling bounces at fourteen year olds, so it's been quite fun. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, Matt, tell us what's your what's been your highlight of the club so far. I definitely think the club day last year was close, but I think just my first game last year, we'd just come out of lockdown and it was a beautiful sunny day and I just remember how welcoming and open everyone was. So I think that was probably my favourite moment and yeah, set the foundations for a great stint at the club. Excellent. And tell me, who's your favourite ploughman in your short ploughman's cricketing career? I've enjoyed spending a bit of time recently with Leo and Will Stevens. But I think my favourite ploughman is Yanni, excellent wicketkeeper, an excellent bloke off the fields, the quintessential ploughman in my opinion. Yes, the Greek god Yanni. <laughs> what a guy. What an incredible guy. Absolutely. 
Umar, over to you, mate. So tell me, how did you uh, how did you find Plowman's Cricket Club? Yeah, I feel like I could tell this story to everyone every time I'm down at the DSG. Um, I was uh, walking back home from uh, work. Thought I'd walk through Southwark Park. And I saw the lads at Southwark Park Club um, just getting geared up for a LMS tournament or a match. So I had a chat with them and I thought, great, I'm joining these guys, have a little bit of fun. And then I was walking further down the park, walked past Adil and Hicko, um, just having throwdowns in the nets. And I was thinking, that looks a lot better. That looks more like the cricket I want to be playing. So I went and had a chat with Hicko and joined the nets the next week. Oh, excellent. Hiko and Adil, friend of the show. That's great. Great recruitment there. So glad that you've bumped into those two gentlemen and uh, you haven't looked back since. Uh, tell me, what's been your highlight of the of the, of the club so far? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't have a lot because I'm still very new, but I'd have to say Sunday evening was fantastic. Um, just gone. Um, Carson's um, speech was absolutely beautiful. Plus, his non-recording recording was fantastic, too. <laughs> That's got to be one of the best non-recording recordings I've ever seen. It's so intrusive. Like, all of the pressure and intrusion of the paparazzi. You could tell the umpire None of the was... results. <laughs> you could tell the umpire was really uncomfortable. Wasn't he just... He was a bit lost for words as well. Um, so, Uma, tell me, what's been your highlight of the club so far, mate? Mate, I just answered. <laughs> oh, you done that bro. Just checking. Um, so, so, tell me, mate, um, your favourite ploughman? I've been dreading this question since um, Gray's sort of um, uh, wrote me into this on Sunday. Um, Is that because uh, you don't like any of them? It, it, it's it's there's too many great blokes isn't there um it's a tough question um i've got to say probably duray probably duray what a guy what a cricketer right i've only played with him once and um yeah i'm just um i'm excited to play again um in the same team as him at some point yes great very good shout, friend of the show great shout friend of the show duray pretorius absolutely in fine form at the moment as well. That's awesome, gents. It's nice for our listeners to, to know a little bit about, more about you after, as you say, I've dragged you kicking and screaming on here today. <laughs> Definitely no one was putting their hand up on, on Sunday night. No one was putting their hand up for that. So thanks for joining us. Um, I think it's about time we had a look at what happened in the weekend's cricket or lack of. All right, so speaking with Liam here um, in relation to Saturday's league fixture. Liam, tell us, who was our opposition this week and, and who was Skipper? So Max Gumper uh, took a very tasty-looking league side uh, down into Surrey to play against Beck Old Boys. We've not got that many games left this season and we're trying to cement our position at the top of the Prem. So there was, there was high hopes for this one. Game was abandoned. Uh, the the um, the reason for that uh, officially, we're still waiting to hear from the league. So maybe we'll fill in a bit more about that from next year. But uh, the game didn't go ahead, 
and we're not sure yet exactly what the outcome of that is so either way um we're, we're not looking at a, a loss there but we're, we're possibly on for uh for zero points from an abandoned game or, or possibly on for 20 depending on which uh which outcome the league decide on so there's not really much more to report on for that one really other than that it was a bit of a disappointment for the lads who went down there who were looking forward to to getting out and, and playing in that game um, but these things happen and we'll we'll march on to next week we'll tell you a bit more about that at the end of the show and just a quick mention to rich buckley behind the scenes um secret club secretary who's working tirelessly with uh the league committee to um to get to get it all sorted so thanks for that rich yeah we've got a couple of games coming up and as i said we'll mention them later on in the show but all to play for at the top of the Premier League, and we're in a in a very good position going into the final two games. Matt, so you're in the Sunday Gold team. Tell us where was the game played, who were we playing, and who was skipper. Took a very tasty lineup to DSG versus Merton. I had student skipping us and his flowing lock, so big omens. I think it was you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I just fucked it up. Um, I'll go again, sorry. Um, yeah, so we had Skipper, Student, Grant Wallage take us down to DSG, um, taking on Merton, great lineup, um, and I also had the pile Pirate Boys on the sidelines cheering us on as well, which is good. Lovely, mate. And um, who won the toss? I believe we lost the toss and we were sent into bowl first. Okay. And do you know whether or not Grant would have bowled first... Regardless of the toss outcome, I'm not too sure. I'm not privy. Yeah, to he was keen for a bowl. Questions. Grant was keen for a bowl down there. Anyway, he came off and he was quite happy with that. So win-win situation all around. So, Matt, tell us who uh, who started and and how did we get on? So we're blessed to have Grazer and Bush take us first couple of overs, and Bush, as he always does, hits line, hits length, um, looked really good to be honest. Um, and we're a bit worried because one of their openers hit 170 against Southbank last week, so a bit on edge. But Bush was, you know, clinical and managed to take his off stump with one that jagged back in. Um, also had the Earl, as I said, from the other end and looked good as well, just probing. Um, also nearly had that 170 opener out if it wasn't for a, a Bush drop catch. On the boundary, so I think there's a bit of ego involved. The, the two big quicks. Ooh. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> there's definitely some ego involved. Um, yeah, thanks for asking. I'll happily talk you through that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, as you mentioned, yeah, this is the opposition batsman who hit 170 against Southbank. Uh, batting at three in their first 11 this year, I think it scored 1,500 runs so far. Mm. Serious player. Um, wow. I've obviously set the trap done him with a short ball I've got Bush at deep backwards square where he always goes so you know he, sh- he should be ready for it probably done him for pace to be honest and um, <laughs> ball's gone to Bush straight down his throat fairly regulation take I would say slapped both of his hands loud enough that I could hear it from, from the bowler's end and not only has he not managed to hold on to it He's also helped it over the boundary for six. <laughs> oh, nasty. I actually saw Bolshaw smirk as well. He looked quite happy with himself. 
Oh, you're no. kidding. The, the, yeah. the other part of the world's greatest part of the world's greatest bowling partnership didn't want to toe the line to help Liam take another wicket. No. Do you think that's a fair, fair explanation of how that went down, Matt? Well, I'd say it's quite accurate, yeah, from my perspective. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, what was the... Merton batted first. Um, tell yes. us, what did they score? So they scored 184. Um, so we got the opener out early, but then their number three was also a gun bat as well. He was quite rude, I thought, to me and Damon actually. He kind of twatted us around for a couple of boundaries. Um, so we were a bit down in the dumps, sort of around drinks, but we had an ace up our sleeves in the form of the better Stevens, Harvey. Awkward, that sort of probing left arm around the wicket took out their number three for 81. Um, Bush did catch that one, thankfully. Um, looked a bit shaky, I thought, but he did get his hands to that one. And then from then on, it, it was, you know, I think we, we gained ascendancy. So, um, you know, Student came on, had a really good spell, took two wickets. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, they, they were quite slow to score in that second half of, the, of their innings. Bush came back, took another scalp. Um, so we ended up, yeah, 180 off 40 overs, which I think was a really good result given, you know, they they nearly took it away from us, I thought, at, at drinks. Absolutely. You've done very well. The team's done very well to um, have them eight, 184 for eight at 40 overs. I think it's an incredible, um, incredible fielding performance. So well done to mm. Plowman Gold. Um, tell us, what was, the, what was the outcome? What was the result of the game? So, a bit unfortunate in that it rained and we kind of called it a bit early, but uh, I, th I honestly think we, we would have taken the, taken the chocolates in this one. We were opened up by Tom Lane and Suri. Um, they did a great job. I thought it was quite cute. Tom Lane had his new girlfriend and her grandmother there to support him. I did think it was a bit much when, you know, he blew her a kiss after every run, but yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's was he blowing the kisses to his girlfriend or her grandma? I think the girlfriend. Um, yeah. But I never think know it was a bit them. much for Sunday. So, uh, interesting bit of intel. Well, I found it interesting. Um, these two went out to bat, Suri and, and Tom Lane. And I asked Tom, for, for the scorer, who's, who's taking the first ball? And Tom came over and he said, that obviously he is, the alpha out of the two of them clearly taking the first ball and Suri had wanted to do that but he just basically told him Suri get back in your lane like when I'm out there I'm facing one uh, anyway then said quite quietly as they both walked onto bat actually neither of them fancied it and they flipped a coin and he'd lost <laughs> <laughs> oh wow good way to decide who's opening the batting <laughs> but fair play he looked commanding out there 26, plenty of boundaries, really decisive shots, and uh, they got us off to an absolute flyer. Yeah, yeah that's, they that's, did. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, so when the game was um, called off, Matt, what was the, wh where were we at at the time? I think we were about 100 odd, just getting the stats up. 108. So we had Leo yeah. Parks looking elegant as ever, and Suri just belting anyone who bowled at him for a 43 not out. Very good. And what about from the bowling point of view? Any other notable contributions there? So, 
as I said, Harvey, another forfar, I think, just on fire, that kid. Such a better bloke than Will as well, so I'd love him that. <laughs> um, He's only got forfars for Plough. I think we just That's rename it. forfars as a Harvey from, from here on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, so as I said, student, um, Balsh, and, oh, yeah, and, um, and Harvey took the wickets. Some good fielding, though, I thought. Freddie took a, a worldie down at deep third man. Earl, another big big catch from the big fella, like a gazelle, I thought. <laughs> Taking a catch in the deep as well. Um, Bolsh took a few good ones as well. So, you know, pretty tight in the field, I thought, overall. Yeah, but Bolsh caught a couple, dropped a couple. <laughs> um, it really was the highs and lows of Matt Bolsh or in the field, really, on display for everyone to see. <laughs> Missfield the point early on as well. And the few overs that we were watching, the Pirates were watching before our game started, uh, I must say, Grazer, that you were patrolling that boundary like a demon, um, <laughs> putting your body on the line, Thanks, saving, runs, saving runs for Hopper, <laughs> really showing the great commitment that you've always got and, and probably showing Bolsh uh, how it's really done. I think it's the MCC hat that uh, Liam stole from Lords the other day. It was splendid in that lovely hat. That was a great looking hat. That is slander. I've never stolen any MCC merchandise in my life. And I have no idea which hat you're talking about. That you're willing to admit. <laughs> What happened? You know, so what happens in the field stays in the field. So, um, now any other, any other, any other highlights, um, Matt? Yeah, the- I had a couple. Uh, so Liam was bowling, steaming in as he always does mid spell, and the batsman's hit one to Harvey. I think mid off, and like he hit it quite hard, but it probably wouldn't have got to the boundary. Like Harvey could have just you know chased it and it gone to, he could have chased it and he would have you know um, thrown it in for a single or something. Um, but what he's done is he's, he thought he was at the Euros and he's done a big slide to try and prevent it from going to the boundary. So much so that he's kicked the ball from mid-off to extra cover for four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, at least Harvey turned up and took another four for because I'm sure that made up for it. Yeah. Um, and one other one, Suri scoring his 1,000th run. Big achievement. And I think many more runs to come for him. Congratulations, Shout out to Suri. Wow, he looks so good. I've seen him bat about four or five times this year, and the pleasure is all mine. He looks phenomenal. Um, you know, someone's in good nick and they're batting well. When he's explaining to me a bit about the the innings after the game, and he smacks the one of their change bowlers for a couple of sixes in the same over. And he genuinely felt bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. You absolutely know that someone's in really good form when they're saying that because I've never had that feeling in my life. <laughs> I've got to add, I've... watching from uh, the Pirates game, um, I don't know if, um, Trent, you picked up on it, but you could see Tosato cheering every time the better Stevens got a wicket. Yes. Yes, I picked up on it. Um you're very right there, and I'm sure we'll cover that off in 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 full in more detail in the uh, fantasy section. I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna put a shout out there 
to uh, two friends of the show, Will Stevens and Mel Stevens. <laughs> and uh, on behalf of both, I'm going to just put it out there that, in my personal opinion, Harvey is not yet the better Stevens. Um, mm. He's still got a bit of work to do. I've only met him twice, and he's still got a bit of work to do, in my opinion. So, Will, Mel, if you're listening, and I know you are, don't worry, you've still got fans out there. I actually had some correspondence from Will um, yesterday. He sent me a message just saying, he was talking about the game. He just says, beginning to wish I didn't introduce him to the play out. Can't wait to have a net with the dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> So I think those two need to have a quiche and just sort out their, their issues because there's a bit of tension in the family at the moment. Maybe Will can teach him how to field as well while he's at it. <laughs> a net followed by a bit of a fielding practice. Sounds like a really good plan. Anything else from that game that stands out? I love that they need to have a quiche together. Maybe Mel can do a bit of mediation. Surely can't be surely can't be the first time. Is it is there anything else from that game, Hopper? Or should we move on and have a look what happened in the Pirates game? For those who, who are not aware of it, that was a two clamors home team fixture bumper Sunday. And unfortunately, yeah, the goal team got rained out, cruising to victory against Merton and purring as we went about it. Uh, but the Pirates were down there as well and there was a, a great atmosphere on the DSG. So as we've alluded to once or twice on this show already, the second game at DSG on Sunday saw Plowman's Pirates in the final of this year's T20 competition against... A team that I'll describe as Mitchum First Eleven. <laughs> so Trent and Umar were playing in that game. Uh, Umar's played big part of getting the Pirates to the to the final in our first season there, which is a, a massive achievement, and it's been fairly well documented how much energy that's brought to the club. Trent was involved on the day. Matt Hopper has played against Plowman's Pirates at some point during this tournament. So we're just going to have a chat to, to all three of them about what went down on Sunday and also uh, some of the journey, how we ended up there. So uh, first of all, Uma, um, I believe that the, uh, the day got off to a pretty solid start. Yeah, it was a fantastic start um, to the day. Um, uh, Chief uh, Breakfast Officer or Captain of the Breakfast Club, uh, Leo Connolly, held another one of his famous breakfast sessions with uh, Hector and uh, Leo both putting on a great performance in the kitchen. There was sausages, bacon, eggs and toast all round. Beans if you wanted them. Um, Laney turned up even though he wasn't uh, playing with the Pirates. And Trent was there. Trent, thoughts on the breakfast? Yeah, it was a great spread. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, they they definitely did put on a, a good show. Now I can see why it's so much motivation to get to Captain of the Breakfast Club's place for a pre-game breakfast. Yep. Yes, that was... still waiting for the invite on that one. Cheers then. 
Not not like there was another team playing at home at Dulwich on, on Sunday. Nice one. <laughs> Cheers for that. Cheers, Leo. Um, and then that was followed um, rather unlike the Ploughmans, I'm told, uh, with a practice session. Um, so we all headed off um, on a little walk to Brockwell Park um, because Hector and I both felt out of touch with the bat. So we decided to have a little net, cheeky 10-minute bat each um uh with uh, i think there were six of us craney um max and uh ben fletcher um with trent leo and i and hector it was a great session which turned into trying to avoid the ball from whenever max hit it that was the worst 10 minutes of the day yes it was with venom he was hitting the ball oh wow so, all right, so morning sorted, uh, on to the game, got down to DSG, I noticed that the uh, the Pirates were, were pretty keen, ready for it, shirts on, ready to go. Who was skipper and who batted first? Yeah, so Max Gumpert, uh, the Gumpert was the captain and uh, when we got there we um, took the covers off and immediately decided that was a bowling pitch. Um, it was covered in grass. It looked like it hadn't been mowed for three weeks. Um, and immediately it was, uh, we're going to have a bowl if we win the toss. And uh, I believe Max did win the toss and we decided to stick them in. Excellent. All right. It's a, it's a tried and tested ch- uh, strategy for shorter format cricket. Chase, know what you've got to hit. How did we get on? What, was the, what did Mitchum score? Um, I believe they ended up on 189 uh, or thereabouts. Um, it didn't go particularly well. Started off poorly with Canelli and myself both uh, bowling a few wides. Uh, we were taken off very quickly by the skipper um, to be replaced by Tiz, the, mo- the most reliable option, really. Um, and yeah, Tiz bowled as uh, fantastically as he's, do- as he's done throughout the tournament. Um, to uh, rein them in a bit, but um, their opening bat, who um, we uh, one of them at least, who we dropped a few times, um, was actually a first team player from from Wimbledon. So they decided to really bring a stack team over for this match. Ah, so it wasn't even Mitchum ones; it was Mitchum and Wimbledon combined. Exactly. Level. So the bloke who Excellent. scored fifty five, um, he wasn't even a Mitchum player. Good to get that in there. So there were some good performances with the ball. Um, and I think we had a man of the match, didn't we, for a bowling performance? Yeah, so Niraj came in. Again, we, they got away from us a little bit um, after Tiz. And Niraj came in and really bowled well um, with Mo to uh, rein them in. So they went from, uh, I, I think it was 120 uh, for none um, to... Uh, we now we really che- pegged them back to 180. Brilliant. Well, that, that's a great effort. I, I understand that Mo has been doing bits in the previous rounds of that tournament as well. Great to see him out there firing the ball. Um, so we've got we've covered the uh, man of the match there, Niraj. Well played, sir. Uh, we had a man of the tournament in in Pirates colours as well, in Pirates colours, didn't we? Absolutely. So Tosato, uh, once again, uh, with a stunning performance, he's been doing it regularly 
in every match. Unplayable um, at that pace in a 2020 with the white ball swinging. Um, and then with the bat, he's uh, notched up a couple of 50s or close to, uh, depending on who you ask, because they're not great at keeping score. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know, Jimmy just came in and took control of the tournament, really. Did fantastic. We love a bit of uh, dodgy scoring on the Thanks for Coming podcast. <laughs> Uh, so thanks for getting that in there. Uh, it's valiant effort. I think 190 and a T20 uh, against a, a side like that is always going to be difficult, particularly after the rain's come in and broken it halfway up. So we didn't get the win in the end, but the tournament itself, major success. And as our chairman, Robert Cox, said, when we were we were deciding exactly how to uh, to play that one, getting to any tournament is a major achievement and we should definitely celebrate that which we absolutely did after the games were finished um but before we get there um can you tell us a little bit about the uh the season as a whole because you played a big part in it how did we get into the tournament um so i'm i'm not 100 percent sure so i just rocked up for nets one day and um the lads uh sort of stood there in uh, the green tops and uh, it turned out we didn't have very many for nets. We had about 11. Um, so uh, Max had talked us into this uh, tournament. And uh, yeah, we just all put the put the shirts on. The, uh, the team that was supposed to be playing, who paid the entry fee, dropped out because um, their, um, their players got COVID or their company got uh, uh, had a COVID hit, so they couldn't uh, come play. And yeah, it's been great since. It started off with Hicko putting us in to bowl and giving the ball to um, Iskander and myself to open the bowling just to change it up um, and ended with uh, Sunday. It was a great tournament. Fantastic. Sounds like a bit of a uh, kind of King Arthur um, sword in the stone type moment there, turning up and, the, and putting the shirts on right place right time rightful owners um it sounds almost like the uh the pirates chose the players as opposed to the uh the players choosing the 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 pirates there matt hopper what is it like to face the might of the planet's pirates from the others from the opposition point of view yeah it's quite scary i thought <clears throat> i got i just wanted to have a net and then got roped into filling for their opposition a few weeks ago because they didn't have enough players. Was that London Legends? It's quite menacing. That was the. Do you London think they Legends. wanted you to play so because me, they know you're a legend? I think it goes without saying, obviously. <laughs> but um, I just I just remember it was me and Damon batting towards the end, and you got Leo Connolly <laughs> steaming in, Umar steaming in. I just thought this. Is <laughs> These parts. That's the first time anyone's way. ever accused me of steaming in. <laughs> So it was but the camaraderie <laughs> of the boys has been fantastic. So, <laughs> so it was a it was a T twenty was it like leagues first and then it went into a knockout or something like that? What was the format? No, it was um I, I it was just it seems to me it was just a round robin um of uh, okay. same teams and uh, you just play whoever won the most. Okay, nice. And um, throughout the tournament. It was a very successful tournament, first time round. Uh, what went well? Yeah, I think some of the highlights were um, most bowling, 
fantastic bowling. Mo did um, such a great job every time he came on. Put them in the sky, and the batsman played four shots before it got to him. My highlight would have been uh, Mo's first wicket on Thursday. Um, the, so he's put one in the sky. It's bounced, and the second bounce was on uh, the batsman's toe. Uh, and the umpire fired him straight away. And uh, we had uh, field guys on the boundary uh, from the oppo saying, but it bounced twice. Yeah, but it bounced on his foot. Um, so, yeah, Mo did fantastically well. Hiko's 50 a couple weeks ago, absolutely brilliant. Um, Tosato just overall in the tournament was brilliant. Um, Hector leading as captain for a lot of the games was Fantastic to play with, uh, play, play around. Um, at some point, he refused to play until there was beer. So um, I think the bar at one of the grounds was closed. So he sent, uh, I, he sent, he sent Spence off to uh, the, off to the shops to get uh, some cans in. Love that from friend of the show Hector and friend of the show Matt Spencer. Uh, captaincy is all about delegation. <laughs> absolutely he did it so well that's awesome um i think that's we've covered that off quite nicely so thanks gents last question on the pirates uh and i guess this is to you umar but thoughts from the others as well uh will we play again next year absolutely we have to right we have to beat mitchum we can't not and i think um uh the club captain was keen on it so I think it's definitely in the books for next next year. And if we get into the final, I think we just stack the team. Let's let's get that big trophy home. <laughs> yeah. All right, fair enough. Did you notice the club captain giving uh, any aggro to Mitchum? Any m- big promises of revenge next season? Any of that kind of uh, chat that he has been known to indulge in once or twice in the past? I, I no. don't know I don't know if Carson was doing it, but I know lo- throughout Lonsdale's been com- turning up and just uh, b- giving <laughs> aggro to the opponents. No, I must I must <laughs> join even, there. Has Lonsdale even played in the game? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I must join in there because I know I know what you're referring to about about club skipper extraordinaire Sai uh, has a knack of doing that, but he was tight lipped. I didn't. I didn't hear him say anything about he'll come. We'll come back and uh, and and do the job next year. He was very tight-lipped, which is I think it might be a first. <laughs> <laughs> I, I must say, I was uh, fi- uh, in the final. I was fielding close to the boundary where you guys were, and um, uh, I heard him say, "I can't remember exactly." I heard him say something about us giving Mitchum a chance when I think we had the fifth or sixth drop. Well, yeah, that's possible. I came, uh, I came over. A few of us came over during the hour tea interval to have a look what was going on. And I did notice what one or two drops myself, but that's cricket. Um, brilliant tournament, excellent from the lads. Uh, great atmosphere after the games as well. So, plans came together for a bit of a sing song, a um, couple of light refreshments. Are there any? Any standout <laughs> moments from the after hours which are PG enough to make it onto this family show that <laughs> might be of interest to our listeners? 
I think Ollie telling every single person in the club that he would get them out, he was a better cricketer than that. <laughs> There. I think it was also a really great um, club skipper side being given a, a really nice speech to the, the players that were all there and especially for the, the newcomers this year that may not have seen that before but making making showing what, why a ploughman stands out from the rest yeah absolutely I did want to ask um, I was on the other table at the time but what led what led to Ollie sort of taking his top off so the long <laughs> Ollie and his brother Ross who is a is a Plam's legend as well. Hasn't played for a couple of seasons. Have a have a long history of taking their tops off. <laughs> um, they've done that uh, in such places as, but not limited to, the Wandle in Ellsfield and the Oval Cricket Ground. So that's quite like a known family trait. I think Ollie was on fire all night, <laughs> and I think it's fair to say. He came in red hot. <laughs> Absolutely. He did he not like up... being told that he was not the superior Lonsdale. <laughs> he picked up the Beer Skipper 11 uh, captaincy tag uh, later in the day and, and really went, went with it. <laughs> actually, I just want to touch on that quickly. So Rahul was actually going to come down as the Beer 11 skipper the goal game and the plough game but he got roped into the Merton game instead <laughs> he went into bat at 7 got you know 10 slips in the cordon to him I think he was in for about 10 balls and got out and then they had him go and log on to long on <laughs> Rahul yeah very good point actually shout out to an excellent ploughman offered up to sit out because we had a few too many uh, for the weekend's games just gone so a few were going to miss out he volunteered for the, you know, for the sake of the others to get a game, and then, as you say, volunteered to go and play uh, in in the opposition, and that was a that was a long day out by all accounts. So, fair play to Rahul, and then, of course, once the games are done, still full of energy, full of positivity. Not a bad word to say about the day, and uh, yeah, just having a great time. So. Shout out! That's a great performance from him. I think he's very happy to see when the when the rain came and uh, the match abandoned. I think he was pretty happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but embodies what, what, what the the mood and the vibe from that day. So I think that's a nice summary of that. We've uh, covered off the weekend. We've covered off the Pirates' travels this season, and. We'll move on now and have a quick look at our fantasy section. So as always, when we get to this part of the show, uh, we cover off who's top of our fantasy league. And as always, Trent and his Jugs All Round team are top of the league. Congratulations, mate. Thank you very much. Although uh, T-Bangers, G-Bangers are hot on my heels, uh, led by James Tosado, so... Not much between us at the moment, about 50 points. That's right. And uh, so this this week, I'll quickly run you through the week and then we'll move on to some some tips on who you can put in your fantasy teams. Um, for this week just gone, the, the best performing team are the PCC World 11, none other than friend of the show, Niraj Taylor. 
So congratulations, mate. Most points for a fantasy team that week. I'm going to run through some players who scored some points this week on the field. So the batsman, Freddie Mills top scored. Top scoring batsman um, with uh, uh, a couple of catches. Don't even think he got out to bat. Uh, Leon and, uh, and Tom Lane with uh, some second and third. Bowlers, Harvey was the pick of the bowlers this week. Um, and then that classic combination, Matt Bolshaw and Liam Gray making up the rest of the top three. Grant was your all-rounder, and Suri was your keeper. It's quite a few games this weekend. That's how we got on. So now, and the reason why most of our listeners are tuned in here, let's find out who the tips are for this coming weekend. So Trent, you're top of the league again. Who's your tip for this coming weekend? I think uh, I'm going to go with DeRay. He's playing uh, in, in on Sunday. Um, and I think he's he's in really good nick at the moment. Coming off of 63 or 66 a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday and a couple of wickets. So I think he might be in for a, a big Sunday. Good to hear. Friend of the show. Uh, Umar, who is your pick for this coming weekend? I'm going to have to go with Maxi. Um, I reckon he's got a bit of revenge on his mind after Sunday. And he's playing four days in a row, so he's gonna he's gonna go for some runs this weekend, I reckon. Great shout! Um, and finally, uh, for this coming weekend, Matt Hopper, who are you? Who do you think our listeners should get in their team? I'm loving the look of Ollie Lonsdale this week. He's been fired form with the ball and had a lot to say on Sunday, so I'm predicting a fifer. Okay, uh, I'll go around the table once more, and. Looking to the remainder of the season, so we've got about a month to go. Uh, just quickly, who's your tip for the remainder of the season? Trent. Very good question. I'm going to go with a, a dark, who I think might be a dark horse, and that's Steve Brito. I think he's about to um, pile on some runs. Nice shout, like that. Steve Brito, friend of the show. Uh, Umar, who is your pick for the remainder? Well, I'm going to have to... It's it's a it's a it's a tough shout. Um, after Suri's performance on Sunday, I might go with Suri. I think he's got a few runs in him. Great shout, Suri, who is not yet a friend of the show. But if you would, if you are listening and you would like to become one, send us an email at hello at plamcc.com. Matt Hopper, who's your pick for the remainder of the season? I also like Suri. He's just ploughing runs and takes catches as a wicketkeeper as well. Sick. Right, you heard it here. That's who to, who to get in your fantasy team. Stop what you're doing and get them in. All right, final section of the show, any other business. One of my favourites. So we're going to ask the gentleman with the join us today about ploughman's superstitions or anything else you might do before you go and play a game of cricket. Umar, tell me. Do you have any superstitions or anything relevant to that sort of category? Yeah, um, I used to. So at the moment, I think I haven't played enough cricket to have developed it again. But um, when I was playing regular cricket, um, before batting any bat, any game, whatever the chance, whatever the weather, I'd have some headphones on. And for some reason, I'd be listening to Kings of Leon Black Thumbnail on repeat 
for a good like 15 minutes. I don't know why. Love that. Love that. Thank you. And did that get you some, did that help you with your cricket? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. And uh, What tune Matt- was it again? Sorry. What tune was that? Uh, Kings of Leon, Black Thumbnail. Wow. All right. That's interesting. Anyone else got any cricketing songs? Let us know. You know the email address by now. And over to you, Matt. What about yourself, mate? Any uh, superstitions or routines that you go through before a game? It's a bit boring, but not really, mate. Just take wickets and go home. I like it. Keeping it simple. That is alpha. That's it. Just keep it no simple. nonsense from the big Aussie quick. <laughs> now, another section of that. Thank you, gentlemen. Another another part of this, this makes up this section is obsessed by line and length. Introduced by a great friend of the show, Matt Hickson. Uh, Liam, uh, any notable contributions to Obsessed by Line of Lake this week? Yeah, there was a standout this week. Um, as we say, not too much cricket played this week, which really qualifies for these kind of stats. But there was a standout, Obsessed by Line of Lake this week. And that is none other than our very own Matt Bolshaw. A couple of wickets. An economy rate of 1.63. Had a little look down the scorecard. Second best economy on the day was me, Bush and Grazer, doing it for you lads. That is beautiful. That is very obsessed with line of length. Well done, well done to both of you. S- similar economies between you. <laughs> um, now... Moving into our top run scorer and top wicket taker, Liam, tell us, any changes at the top of the table there of the top run scorer? Absolutely not. Top of the wickets table, somehow, is uh, Daisy Dukes and Lewis Wilby, King of the Castle, with 19 wickets. I don't know what everyone else is doing. Lewis is recovering from his second injury of the season, and he's... he's He's, uh, yeah, as untouchable thus far. At the top of the run charts, we've got Max Gumper on 591. In a very close second, we've got Surrey creeping up behind him here, another not out, on 574. So that top run score is really hotting up here. Um... As as we as we go into the the final section of the season, absolutely. With about six weeks to go, um, it'll be it'll be a really exciting finish to the year, I'm sure. And I I wonder whether or not someone might catch Daisy Jukes, but we'll have to uh, watch this space to see. Um, I'd, moving, I'll, yeah, I'd say probably not based on what's happened so far this season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the challenge is there. He's raised the bar early and uh, still at the king of the castle. Um, over to our sledge of the week. So, Uma, I believe you've got something for this. Do you want to share out share with our listeners sledge of the week? Yeah. So Sunday Sunday early afternoon, post uh, the delightful breakfast, I was trying to have a nap on the boundary, uh, watching a bit of Hopper steaming in, um, and uh, bowling some serious heat at the oppo. And um, all I hear things is, we love to see on the Thanks for Coming podcast. All I hear in the background is a certain someone say, 
I have no idea how someone who's mostly bones can generate so much pace. Not even skin, just mostly bones. <laughs> Absolutely outrageous from the league skipper. We love a sledge on this podcast. We love a sledge about our own team on this show. But I don't know, there must be a line somewhere. And that must be pretty close to it. I didn't think Tosado had that in him. It's the uh, white line fever. Once he's over the line, <laughs> he's, um, you know, these Aussies headbutting the line of uh, decency or what, whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's the uh, competitive streak coming out of this. Yeah, maybe it's uh, in a in a uh, bowler thing, in, in inside bowler club that we're not aware of. <laughs> or is there another bowler subgroup that we don't know about? <laughs> and Matt, I believe you've got uh, who set up for us this week. So this this is uh, our part of the show where we just tell you what somebody said without any context. If you think you know who it is, send us an email at hello at plamcc.com. Yes, this week, Manus Labashain is the Iskander of the Australian <laughs> Oh, that's spicy. <laughs> wonder how uh, Iskander will feel about being compared to Manus Labashain. I'm sure he'll enjoy that, but being an Englishman and all, I'm not sure we like that too much either. I wonder so, how he and... feels being compared to Iskander. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're listening out there, Manus, please get in touch. Hello, Plowman. <laughs> Would love to hear from you. Um, so, um, coming to the conclusion of the show, um, I know Liam's got a couple of things that he'd like to touch on. One of our legendary players of the plough, Chris Ovens, who's known by many. Uh, Liam has managed to win titles with him, spend quite quality time with him. So, Liam, over to you to give us a bit of insight on fellow ploughman Chris Ovens. Yeah, thanks, Trent. So just to cover off what's coming up next week, we've got a really important league fixture against our friends and rivals, Ottershaw, who've been with us the whole way, really, through Division 2, through Division 1, promoted alongside us, and, and, and now here in the Premier League. Vice-captain, our very own, Matt Bolshaw, is taking a, a league side to DSG to play offshore, and then we've got two friendlies, uh, one at home against Spartans and one away against Putney on Sunday, so we'll report back on them. Um, before we go today, I'd like to say a few words about Chris Evans, who um, is, has been an absolute legend of the club since 2015. He's won batting trophy, he's won leagues, uh, and he's one of the best cricketers and one of the best blokes I've ever shared a cricket field with. He's fantastic in the field. His chat is exceptional. I mean, it's exceptionally bad, but it's exceptional. <laughs> uh, I've, not, I've not seen an amateur cricketer hit a cover drive that looks like that. Really, when he's in form, he's, he's, he's the best one to watch. And he's just delivered... Um, for the for the club, in high pressure moments when the chips are down, when the result is needed, time and time again, he's captain friendly sides, he's captain Saturday sides, and it, it's it's a massive loss. Um, 
congr like congratulations on the move back over there. Uh, good luck till we see you again, to you and the family. Um, never, never felt more confident running into bowl in my entire life than when Ovens is uh, shining the ball at mid-off. Best ball shiner, in, certainly at my time in the plough. And, mate, you'll be sorely missed. Hee hee. All the best, mate. All right. So we've heard from Liam. Thank you very much for that um, farewell on the podcast to Chris Ovens. Um, now, we've heard about what's coming up this weekend. Um, another another segment, which I don't think we have anything this week, is any other correspondence. Best friend of the show, Ainsley. We haven't heard from you for a little while. Mate, we absolutely can't wait to get our hands on another email from you. So please do get in touch. Um, you've got the email address. We look forward to seeing some correspondence from you soon. Um, gentlemen, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure having Uma and Matt, both of you, with us today. Thanks, fellas. It's been great being on the pod. It's been amazing. I've really enjoyed that. Yeah, cheers, guys. Thanks for coming. Liam, good luck on the weekend in whichever fixture you may be playing in. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me again, a second week in a row. Um, happy to come back any time if you need me. Um, we certainly will. And uh, the last one is thanks very much to all of our listeners out there. Thanks for coming, guys. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. This is Shane Warne, make sure you plough on. Hugh Plowman CC, plough on guys, taking too much. We didn't win the link by accident, we did that by design, it was very much planned. I'll just try to get it in the right spot really and see what happens. You said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, bowl me a bouncer, which went for six, so... <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plowman's cricket is the greatest club in the world. Oh!